plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And once again, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging the Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Every time you do that, I feel like I got a lot of podcasts. Uh, oh, well, so I'm, seven I'm or eight tired. shows a week now, right? Yeah, I'm tired. I guess, I guess the answer is so. Uh, but I'm excited to talk about some some of the stuff we found uh, watching the tape. This Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast is brought to you by XBet.ag, the newest and most exciting betting platform on the planet. And welcome to the All 22 edition of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. This is always my favorite episode because we get to talk about the things that we saw on tape. And this is where we get a little bit of debating and arguing going on because you you know we can have five people watch a game and we're all going to take away different things from the tape. So this is why I love it. Uh, we get our film from NFL Game Pass. If you're a football junkie, I highly encourage you guys to go check that out. So let's jump right into it. So the first one I want to talk about and the first observation was kind of one that I I saw a little bit on the broadcast, but you can't really tell how defenses are covering certain receivers unless you get that uh, sky cam view where you can see all the players. And I want to talk about Cole Beasley for a little bit. Um, in the second half especially, the Cowboys offense stalled, particularly because they couldn't convert on third downs. And I was kind of curious to see how they covered uh, Beasley and Jason Witten, and that's the guy that you're going to talk about here in a little bit. But what I noticed is that the Rams were doubling Beasley pretty frequently on third downs. They were taking away any kind of slant route. They didn't want to get him on the move. They were kind of allowing Prescott to throw the ball to the outside because that's a longer throw. It takes a little bit more protection to do that. It takes a little bit longer for uh, the receiver to get open. But I saw a lot of doubling of Cole Beasley and you know, we kind of predicted this in the offseason. If a team finds out a way to cover Cole Beasley on third down, I think you can really slow down their offense. Now, did you see the same things as me on tape? Did you see the Rams committing an extra defender or sometimes a half a defender towards Beasley? Yeah, and I think, I think again, really I didn't necessarily want to discuss separately uh, uh, Jason Witten, but again, I think you know we had discussed this, I think maybe it was last week, that – it, the problem is, is when they're able to shut down both Beasley and Witten at the same time, whether that's mm. by du- alternating, doubling them, or kind of switching. And I think that's what where Wade Phillips um, <clears throat> really did some great stuff uh, was uh, he was kind of switching it up between Beasley and Witten, and uh, and then just trying to man up on Dez outside and hoping that pressure would get to uh, Dak before any opportunity to get to Dez 
uh, would 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 present itself, and and sometimes it burned them, and some, but most of the time, um, it it wasn't. And um, I think you know there were some opportunities for both guys that were missed uh, because I think of just Dak getting. Uh, you know the start stop of not being sure who's getting the the single and who's getting the double on that set of downs and um, but Wade Phillips did a really good job of disguising that coverage too because yeah. it was a totally different defensive yeah, it was. look in the second half and I think and I think you know there were definitely drives the whole drives and I I that was what the notes that came that I, I I noted with Dak is that it wasn't like there was a, st- a, there were a, a there was like a period of like of inaccuracy. He was inaccurate at different points throughout the game, like randomly almost. It was kind of it was for almost different inter- reasons too. It yeah. wasn't the same reason over and over. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes it was because of pressure. Sometimes it was because he was adjusting and then didn't set his feet the way he should. And sometimes he was getting you know there were balls being tipped. He was getting you know his arm hit as he was throwing like. And sometimes it was because he wasn't sure what he was seeing, and 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 I think he was like trying to throttle th- some throws down. But um, yeah, I, I think that ultimately at the end of the day, like when you go kind of back and watch that whole situation, when when they weren't able to really do anything in the middle of the field, um, it, it it left for a low percentage throws uh, for Dak, and he was able to connect on some of them. Um, but yeah, ultimately ultimately wasn't enough to uh, to. I mean, win the game. I mean, they still scored thirty points. I mean, it, you know, the the numbers look good. They, the offense didn't play badly. It's just you can't no. like you can't go you can't go three drive. You can't punt three drives in a row while the other team's getting points every single drive. Like that's, I mean, that that just kills you. I mean, basically, at the end of the day, what happened is that the Rams had two extra possessions uh, to the Cowboys, so they could afford to kick field goals every time. Then the Cowboys needed to score points, and and they were they punted just too many times. Yeah, so I want to talk about Dak a little bit because. Well, for, for a few reasons. So uh, when I watched the film, I thought he was fantastic in the first half. I thought he did a great job of avoiding pressure and making big plays with his leg and outside of the pocket. Uh, in the second half, I thought he got a little gun-shy at times. Uh, I mean, there was the play on the final play of the game where Jason Witten was kind of running up the seam, and Prescott opted to throw the ball short of uh, to Elliott. I, I just think he got hit a lot in that game, and there was one particular hit um, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but he kind of got high load a little bit uh, on a completion, and he was feeling it afterwards. So this was a game that he kind of he he took some shots in this game. Yeah. But all right. So here's the thing. I I was a Tony Romo fan. I I think he was underrated. But one of the things that we need to realize is is that Prescott doesn't have the same experiences as Romo in the sense that. He hasn't played against a Wade Phillips defense yet. And Wade Phillips is really good at playing young quarterbacks because he can throw a lot out out, out at them and confuse them. It kind of reminds me of a lot of uh, Dick LeBeau in the Steelers defense. And, and I can remember Tony Romo talking about this. In 2008, his first game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh, he didn't play very well. But yeah. in the next game in 2012, when he, after he saw them once and kind of had a feel of what they were going to do, he played significantly better. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen to Prescott. He's seeing a lot of these teams for the first time. The uh, first time he saw Arizona, first time he saw 
Uh, the Rams, and I mean, you saw this, or you know, early in the season with the Giants. The third time you saw the Giants, he played significantly better in that game. So, as Prescott sees different defenses, as he gets more accustomed to how teams are going to play him, I think he's going to grow as a player and as a passer. So I'm not concerned. I know there was a couple throws that people felt like he left on the field. It happens to every quarterback. So again, with Prescott, he's still a young player. I'm preaching patience. Don't get upset if you see a couple people posting you know, gifts on Twitter of him missing a pass. It, it, it's okay. He'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, and, and I know that people aren't going to love this, but I think people kind of need to, like, readjust their, like, expectations on Dak because, and I don't mean readjust like Dak isn't, like, good. That's not at all what I meant. What I mean is that, Dak isn't a finished product. Like, and he oh, certainly he certainly is not where he is going to be in a couple years from now. So, the idea that he won't or it's unheard of for him to go through continued growing pains as a second year quarterback, despite starting uh, every game last year, um, you know, like that's <clears throat> that's not happen. realistic. Yeah, and I and I think I think that that that. You know what? What we need to do is is understand that I think there's still other people too that are under this this window of pressure. Uh, for, you know that they were experiencing with Romo that it has everything has to be developed now because we don't have time to wait. Like I, I think people need to understand and realize that the window is open now. Like you know, like it's not. Not you know we all want to get Jason Wood in the Super Bowl, but if 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 Dak isn't the best Dak he's going to be this season, if it if next year he's a better version of where he is now, that's okay too. You know, like we all want to win this season, but we also have to understand that this isn't the end all be all. I think there was a lot of that with with Tony Romo, and a lot of us felt like any one of these games could be Tony Romo's last one. And then we are in, we're in QB purgatory again. I think this team is young. And even though we're in a win now mode, I think getting young players in the field and getting them ex- good experience is important. And that's why, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. I mean, I think it's really important that guys like Xavier Wood, Woods and Jordan Lewis as well continue to stay on the field, even if, um, you know, Nolan Carroll or people like that start coming back because we want we like I said we got to win right now but I also think that it is very very important to get quality experience for these young guys and that includes Dak Prescott for for goodness sakes. All right, let's pause for a second to talk about xbet.ag. I found something you guys are going to love and it's xbet.ag. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. I mean, I bet on sports all the time. I tell you guys well, which lines to pick, who to parlay. If you go to my Twitter feed, you guys know I'm always giving out some pretty awful gambling advice. But and you're probably broke, AG- too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have any money left, I suggest that you go to xbet.ag. It's like Vegas in your pocket. With their mobile website, you just log in, bet on any game. Uh, you can do it right from your phone. You got to check them out. Their website is clean and easy to use, and their graphics are sick. I've never seen anything like it before. They even offer live in-game wagering. So turning your fourth quarter faith, or sometimes in my case, your <laughs> lack of faith into money is always awesome. Uh, when you join xbet.ag today, just use the promo code LOCKEDON, 
and you'll get it up to 100% bonus on your first deposit. Just don't be the guy saying, I would have won big. Join XBet now and start winning today. Plus, if you refer a friend, you'll get up to a 100% bonus on their first deposit as well. So bring the squad, build the bank at xbet.ag, the newest and most exciting betting platform on the planet. Just don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to claim your bonus and take the Packers plus two. All right, let's go (laughs) ahead and let's talk about the linebackers. Um, I'll let you start on this one because you had a fun day on Twitter uh, with the Jalen Smith truthers. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead and go first. And give me some of your thoughts that you saw on the linebackers. Well, look, I mean, I, I want to be clear. All, all the linebackers, top to bottom, and uh, you know, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I charted snaps f- with um, Jalen Smith, Damian Wilson, Justin Durant, and Kyle Wilbur. <laughs> all of them played poorly. All of them played yeah, very yeah. played badly. Like, I'm not here... To, um, I'm not here to defend. I'm not really here to defend Jalen Smith. Even I think I'm here to make sure that the linebacker shame is properly distributed. Uh, Because, and I said it today on Twitter. If if you are talking about Jalen Smith's poor play today, you need to make sure that you've at least said four bad things about Justin Durant and Damian Wilson first. Because yeah, but that's they, not as much fun, though. You know that. Cowboys Twitter doesn't want to hear about Kyle Wilber. They I want understand. to hear about Jalen no, Smith. Cowboys Twitter needs you just as much as they need me, Marcus. All right? That's like, true. They need you. They, they need chaos and order. All right? You can be the chaos. <laughs> I'm the one to sit here and tell you that, listen, say what you will about Jalen. Say what you will about he shouldn't be on the field. He, you know, he na, 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 you know, okay. Um, he... He had a bad game, but as bad as the game he had, Justin Durant's and Damian Wilson's was worse. And and there were a lot of things that happened to Jalen Smith that made him look bad. That upon like actual examination, weren't necessarily his fault. I mean, that, that, that he was put into terrible positions. And, and what yeah. what specifically comes to mind was that whole last drive before halftime. Um, because basically what happened is that the Rams figured out that once they got the Cowboys in their Deacon defense or any kind of three-man defensive line, um, they were basically audibling to hand it off to Gurley, and they were having numbers uh, running at Jalen Smith basically the whole time. And, and actually, no, I, I, should, I should take that back. They weren't running necessarily at Jalen Smith. They were running at at Durant, and then mm-hmm. getting second level guys to Jalen Smith so that he couldn't so that he couldn't flow to the ball. And, and besides the fact that he Jalen Smith was trying to chase down Todd Gurley from the backside all the way across the formation, like you know, like it, like it was a, you know you, when you've got numbers like that, uh, I mean, it's just a bad situation. And, and the Cowboys couldn't do anything to stop the bleeding for that drive because they basically were in no huddle. For the for the two minute situation until eventually, um, you know, uh, Xavier Woods uh, uh, was able to stop uh, uh, stop him short on third down and they kicked the field goal. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, I think, and then you know, there were just a, several different situations where um, the linebackers were getting trapped inside. Durant was pulling the trigger and getting trapped inside, and the ball was spill outside. Wilson and Durant were both losing contain at a, at a lot of different points, and and nobody nobody was uh, was getting off blocks very well at all. Um, so I, I think yeah, and and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, the Rams made a, a good point uh, to uh, to attack that second level in the, in the second half, um, and and did so pretty well because it, it you know the, no one was able to do anything basically. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that right now because some of the observations I had is I don't think the Cowboys were prepared for how much speed the Rams have on offense, and yeah. I think there's there's not a better example than I think they had three straight plays. Where they put Tavon on the in the backfield, and the Cowboys were basically in a dime defense with four defense linemen and just Jalen in the middle, and they were running Tavon to the edges, and that's just a tough get for any linebacker. For any linebacker, not, yeah, right. For- so I will give, I'll, I'll cut Jalen some slack there. But what I found that they clearly did is in the second half they used that speed and Cooper Cup's size to take advantage of the middle of the field. Uh, I don't like Damian Wilson in zone coverage. I, I just don't think he's a very good coverage linebacker. He just doesn't get a lot of depth on his drops. Justin Durant's kind of old at this age to, to play on uh, basically any passing downs. So they just kept running crossers and slants and Texas routes with Gurley or anything they could do to get the ball to the receivers in the middle of the field. And I actually think that's what Jared Goff is going to be good at. That's where he was good at in college. If he can get if you know take a three-step yeah. drop, get the ball out of his hands, accurately in the middle of the field and let the receivers and the running backs do all the work. That's where he's going to be good. It just happened to be that McVay found a weak spot on their defense, and I don't think it's a big stretch to say it's a weak spot. They've, they've got two starters out there. so And they were adjusting to new linebackers in a short week. They took advantage of it, and that's really the reason they lost the game in the second half is because McVay found that matchup in the middle of the field. Did you see anything differently, or is that what you saw as well? Well, I mean, essentially it is, but basically you talked about half of it. The other half of that I wanted to discuss was the fact that they couldn't do anything against the third level of our defense. And I think that that's right. where we, we did have some success. You saw guys like Jordan Lewis and Xavier Woods making solid tackles on third downs, you know, like being where they needed to be, causing their, uh, you know, I think I at least saw Watson on, on one case get alligator arms because he saw Woods closing in to, uh, to I had knock to, Three times I had Woods where he was near the ball, ready to hit the receiver as they caught it and they dropped it. Woods, three times. Actually, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, Xavier Woods. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he was. Look, I mean, there were several different times that I saw, like I wasn't necessarily watching him yet, but I was. I saw him like flash down, and I was like, oh god! And I and I and I stopped what I was doing, rewound the tape just so I could watch what he was doing. Like, uh, listen, we could talk about it. I I think Woods needs to be the starter at safety right now. Like I, 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 I think the Jeff Heath experiment has been great, but I'm done with it, frankly. Um, and, and I you think can find that, a role for Heath. You can find no, a role absolutely. for Heath. I, I, absolutely. I think, I, I think you can rotate all these guys. But I think at this point now, especially in, in passing situations of any kind, I want Woods on the field. He just – he has better awareness. He's already very like the speed is not caught not too fast for him. He knows he, he looks like he knows exactly what he's doing on almost every play. And um, his angles and so, are so good too. I mean, he just has he's just a football player. Like he's just one of those guys. Like he's he's 
I don't want to say honey badger, but he's like that, you know, and, and it may be with a different level of skill set in that he's so natural at doing football things, I guess is the best way to say it. So, um, but yeah, I think he needs to be a starter. I think Lewis as well as uh, showed that those guys, they can tackle in space. I'm pretty sure I saw Jordan Lewis tackle uh, Todd Gurley on his own uh, in space. Yeah, which on, is, a, on, a, on a run where Gurley kind of went inside, bounced it to the outside, and Lewis made a beautiful tackle for like a two-yard gain. Which is ridiculous. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I just I, I think that those guys need to be starters. And, and, and the good sign was that they weren't having the success trying to test this defense uh, deep in any way and, or really kind of attacking the corners or Byron Jones too much, except for when they were, you know, <laughs> knocking Byron Jones in the back while in, a, in pass coverage to, to knock him off the line that, while he was trying to cover a tight end. But, I mean, outside of that, they really weren't having very good success uh, versus our cornerbacks and, and safeties, which is, you know, Specifically, the corners, which is you know, comp, which is good. You know, I mean, you know, mm. it, I thought it was it was it was it was improvement, and, and it's especially coming into next week, which we'll discuss later on. Uh, it's good to see them, you know, thriving at this at this point to a certain degree. And now we just kind of clean up what what's going on in the middle. Yeah. So I have a big uh, Jordan Lewis Xavier Woods piece coming out today. So look for that. It, it, it's kind of cool because I tracked a lot of their snaps and where they lined up. So make sure you guys check that out. Let's go ahead and do our last one. Uh, Michael Brockers and Aaron Donald. From a football side of this, it's kind of fun to us to watch those two play together because, man, they are so good. They, they, the Rams have perfectly designed their interior pass rushers to work together in tandem. Uh, they are a lot of fun to watch. They gave the Cowboys offense lines fits. Um, what did you see from Brockers and Donald in this matchup? Well, I mean, they were the they were the whole defense basically. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it was crazy just to watch, especially in the second half. I mean, they were using Brockers as like a five and a four eye at different times, and they basically mm-hmm. reduced Donald into a three technique, and um, you know, they just basically sacrificed a body to to, to throw between Zach Martin and 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 um, and Frederick. And you know, one gapping, and basically forced uh, uh, guys like uh, Lael Collins and um, and uh, you know sometimes uh, sometimes it was Cooper, sometimes it was uh, Martin, but but mostly it was Lael Collins and, and Cooper to each have to face one on one situations uh, against their you know their best players, their best. And that's defensive why Wade Phillips was so good. He, what? He's yeah, so I mean, good. exactly, exactly. He just he understands how to get you know, um, how to get uh, you know people uh, in the matchups that that they want, and and uh, and that's and that's what happened. And 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 when you've got when you're able to get your best defensive interior players against our weakest offensive interior, uh, offensive linemen, uh, good things are probably going to happen, and they did, especially when you have, I mean, I, you know, the best player in football. I, I don't, you know, I, Aaron Donald was doing things. Like, that forklift on Zach Martin where he threw Incredible. Martin into the – I've never seen anybody do anything close to like, to that to Martin before. And that's – and I'm uh, – that was just that's, brutal. That's why I just, said last week that he he's the same caliber of player as Von Miller and Cleo Mack. The only difference is that he's playing closer to the ball than those two. So he can yeah. be a little bit more disruptive to well, your entire offense because he's he, so close to the ball. 
Yeah, and he played a lot better last week than he did uh, the previous weeks. I mean, he's he's fully back into shape now. So, yeah, he's a uh, he's a monster, and 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 so and the two of them were just so incredibly disruptive to, in both the pass and the run game. I just, I just wanted to talk about it because they, I mean, you know, whether it was Brockers knocking Dak Dak's arm to cause the interception or. Donald blowing up run play after run play with penetration uh, or Brockers uh, tossing Tyron Smith at one point. Um, I mean, it, it, it got – it was ugly. Those two were, wreck, were wrecking shop in, in the second half. Yeah, so we're going to finish up this episode in a minute. But do you have any final thoughts or any lasting impressions that you want to give after watching the L22 film? Uh, I actually the, – the optimistic person in me – came away not feeling as bad after watching this game because I just think the Rams are a good team. I, yeah. I think they found I think they found a, a good coach. They have fantastic coordinators. I think they know how they want to win games. I, I won't be shocked if the Rams end up with a 9-7 and seven record at the end of the year. And I just think it's a good team. I, I don't think there's any shame in losing that game. Uh, am I still embarrassed by the coaching staff? Absolutely. But, Give me a break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's as bad as a loss as it looks now compared to where the way it will look at the end of the season. I, I think you'll be okay. A, any well, lasting thoughts? Well, I, I, I'd bring this up. You know, you're playing two guys who are good coaches, Sean McVay and, and Wade Phillips. I think everyone knows that, that both of them are two of the best play callers at, at their respective spots. I mean, McVay is a head coach now. but And the other thing that's to keep in mind is that they are both – extremely intimately knowledgeable about the Dallas Cowboys personnel and schemes. Uh, you know, Sean mm-hmm. McVay was the offensive coordinator for Washington for several years and played the Cowboys twice a year while, while uh, uh, Marinelli was here and, and Wade Phillips, despite it being, you know, it, it feeling like a long time ago, Wade Phillips knows Jason Garrett's offense, even though Tony Romo's not here pretty well and, and understands the importance of guys like, uh, uh, you know, Jason Witten to this offense and other things. So, you know, I, I think that you're, you're right that this is this was a good team that could found a way to exploit a, a team that was specifically weak at linebacker this week. I mean, I think Sean Lee, Sean, missing Sean Lee and 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 the two turnovers that the Cowboys had uh, were basically really the difference in the game. I think. I mean, so yeah, it's a tough loss. You're gonna have to find a way to make it up. And and I and and just I'll say this too, I generally feel more optimistic after I watch the tape. And and that's honestly because that's honestly why I am more optimistic than most after a loss than I think the general population. Me, even more optimistic optimistic than me. I can't believe that. I would I was just going to say the fact that you're <laughs> feeling more optimistic means that you really did see some some things that made you feel a little bit better about where this team is. And I and I, I will ask you, what do you do? You feel the most optimistic about after having watched the tape? Uh, like where well, have you changed the, o- the most? Uh, their offense is really good. I don't think there's any doubt that the Cowboys' offense is really good, and it's going to take them. Their offensive line still not playing the way that we saw them last year, and they're still putting points up on the board. But just on the defensive side of the ball, Xavier Woods and Jordan Lewis are incredible. I mean, yeah. Dallas absolutely stole two really good defensive backs again this year. So I, I guess that's why I'm optimistic. My hope 
is that the Cowboys are still in it by in November and December, and they're still creeping around, you know, the playoffs because I think at that time, the their defensive backs are going to be so much better than than even what they are right now. Um, I they're a, they're a good team. I just think I, I, the problem is after coming off a thirteen and three season. Almost anything else is going to feel like a letdown. Yeah, you kind of, of course. Agree? No, I okay. think this is the issue is that right now uh, they're playing a very difficult part of their of their schedule. I think, and, and despite if you look at the names, the names further down on the schedule are difficult. But I also think that what the Cowboys do best is off is run the ball and play offense and keep the, their defense off the field. And this, the front end of this schedule was the most difficult part of, for that, I think. And I, I think mm-hmm. I could, I could argue that no matter who we're playing on the back end. So um, I, I think that the games overall may be more difficult as we go later on, because I think you're going to play some more difficult offenses that, that have given Cowboys trouble, including this coming week. But I think the ability to run the ball and Cowboys to play their game, um, I, I think that has. I think there's uh, optimism that uh, that they can do that uh, a little bit less uninterrupted, a little bit more uninterrupted, I guess, uh, than they have these first few weeks. And I think that this offense, like a lot of other offensive line centric teams, it takes a little while to get in sync, and 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 that means that. Th- there's a very real chance, and, and, and maybe this is too optimistic, maybe not. There's a very real chance that all of this starts to come into sync right at the right time. And as long as the Cowboys can survive and find a way to get into the tournament, like that's what's important. If everything right. is coming together for this team, they have all their pieces and all their pieces are starting to play together by December, that's, that's what makes you a dangerous team to, to, to go far in the playoffs. Uh, really quickly, one last note that I had. And if you don't have the All-22 film, I highly suggest getting it because of this one play. Um, on the Ryan Switzer muff punt, I don't know if you saw this or not because we didn't talk about this pre-show. Uh, Demontre Moore came oh, within yes. an inch of blocking that punt. And you can just imagine how different that game is. if He had a good that game. Punt, yeah, he had a good game overall. I thought. I mean, he. I think he didn't, you know, have a huge effect, but he had a couple different tackles. He was down the line. He had that. Uh, he had, you know. I just feel like he's he's getting himself into sea legs. But yeah, the game would have been so different if they had figured oh, out a way it, to do that. And that like one they, was kind of just a gut punch to watch it. Like, oh man, can you imagine how different that would have been if he did blocks that punt? Yeah, it's, it's all right. Just, that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I always love to leave it on a depressing note. That's of that's course you do. Yes, yes, I know. No. Uh, hit us up with a five star review if you choose. So choose, leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the Cowboys game against the Packers. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.